The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. 53106. Now, uh, you might have seen uh, this news um, about the controversy that has erupted when it comes to paid domestic leave plans. So the government uh, earlier, I should say earlier this month, late last month, announced the approval of publication of the Work-Life Balance and Miscellaneous Provisions Bill. It introduces a range of measures, including paid domestic violence leave plans. And IBEC have voiced an objection to these plans. Now, their objections take a number of forms. One is just about the sheer scale of change in this area, the amount of different types of leave coming on board and the pressure that is putting on employers and business owners. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But they have a specific issue when it comes to uh, domestic violence leave. And they say that employers should have a legal right to ask for proof of domestic violence in order to avoid any potential abuse of domestic violence leave. Leo Radker the Minister, or the, the Taunisher rather, and Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment was speaking uh, this morning. Uh, he disagrees with IBEC. He doesn't see how evidence would be needed. Take a listen. I'm inclined to agree with you. I don't really see how you could produce proof of abuse or coercive control in particular, which is quite hard to prove. You might do so in a court, but an employer is not yeah, the, a court. The leave not a court is no use to you then. Yeah, that's, yeah. And that's absolutely right. So I, I don't, I'm sure there'll have to be some sort of you know mechanism as there is for any form of leave, whether it's sick leave or, or oh, yeah. maternity benefit or paternity, but yeah. I, I don't see how evidential proof could be a requirement of the legislation. I think that would make it almost unworkable. That was uh, Leo Vracker speaking a little bit earlier today. Fianna Fáil Senator Lisa Chambers is with me. Now, are you in agreement with the Tornish, Lisa? I am. I was quite surprised to see the reports of IBEX lobbying uh, in relation to the, the work-life balance and miscellaneous bill. And as you said, it provides for lots of things in terms of, you know, making it a more family-friendly work environment, supporting women in work and al- allowing people to request flexible working. But one of the things in that bill is, as you said, to give paid domestic violence leave, five days of leave in a 12-month period to somebody going through that, to a man or woman going through the, the domestic violence. So just reading reports from what IBEX were saying, you know, they... They wanted to have proof uh, of the person have, having been the victim of domestic violence. I'm not sure where they're thinking somebody would show up with a black eye or a, a you know a bruised arm. Or what what kind of proof would they would they expect of a person? And I think they're kind of missing the point. You know, they also suggest that the government should carry out an economic impact analysis uh, to decide whether the cost to employers would exceed the benefit. And I really think that they're they're missing the point here. It's not about it's not a cost-benefit analysis. We're trying to save lives, and and I know that they get that, and I and I get the point that businesses are making. There has been a lot of change for businesses, and I completely mm. take that on board. But I would say back to businesses, and I think lots of businesses fully support paid domestic violence. If I wanted to say that, you know, if if the finances are what you're worried about, the the extra cost to business in meeting this additional leave, then that's the ask. That's what you go to government and ask for help for. Don't try and block this leave because, as we know. You know, one of the most difficult things for, you know, it's usually usually a woman, but it can be a man as well. One of the most difficult things to get out of a situation where you are under coercive control, maybe you don't have access to your bank account, maybe you don't, maybe you're being watched all of the time. It's very hard to get that space mm. to maybe get to the Gardaí, get to a legal advisor. And that's why that leave is so important. So we need to do everything we can, everybody on board, to make it as easy as possible for somebody to ex- exit a violent situation and one of the measures, and this is not the silver bullet, but it is one of the things we can do is to make it easier in terms of a work perspective to get that time off if you need to try and get, you know, get yourself out of that situation. So yeah. I, am dis- I am disappointed to see that kind of mentality from IBEC. I know they have to protect their members and advocate for their members, 
and I understand that there's been a lot of change for business and I understand there are extra costs. All of that I, I can sympathise with. Mm. But we need employers to get on board with this because if we're serious as a country about eradicating the scourge that is violence against women, we have to do everything we can. And one of those things is to make it easier to get time out of work to deal with this. To, to give them the benefit of the doubt or to try and maybe see where they're coming from, is it possible that they're suggesting that, you know, after the fact... You, you might provide proof. So it's not about kind of on the day you seek leave having to prove you need it. And and the proof could take a lot of forms. I know the Tony was talking about evidential proof and comparing it to what might be produced in court. But I mean, if I, if I want to avail a sick leave, I don't have to tell my employer what's wrong with me. I just, after a certain amount of days, I have to provide a note from the doctor to acknowledge that I'm sick and incapable of work. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a, a domestic violence equivalent, but, but, but might it be something like that where, you know, you're, you're not expecting somebody to show the bruises. Where there's coercive control, there are no bruises. With this kind of emotional abuse, there are no bruises. Yeah. So, so, so I understand that. But, I'm, I'm, you know, I just, I wonder, is that maybe what they're getting at? Yeah, I mean, I can understand from their perspective, they need to have some sort of clarity and certainty around how it's going to operate. And I've heard the Tony's comments at the committee this morning that there will be some process in place. But, you know, it is difficult, like you said, to like, what is the equivalent of getting a doctor search from your GP? So I don't know what the answer to that is. And I think we have to, I think we have to work on the basis and assume that I'm not saying it's not possible that somebody would try and access this lead that doesn't need to access it. Okay, that's possible. But by and large, you're not going to have somebody requesting domestic violence leave that is in that situation and isn't genuine. For the most part, I think we would all accept we have, I think we should approach this, giving people the benefit of the doubt, trusting people that they will only use this leave when they need it. And I think on that basis, this, this isn't going to be an avalanche of employees looking to get days off every year. It's not going to be huge numbers, but they are. there is a significant number of women in this situation. And, you know, they may be in a situation where when they go to work, it's the only space where maybe if they got time out of there, they may be able to go unnoticed to the guard of the station, mm. to their solicitor, whatever it might be. So it's just, you know, it's, it's only one measure. Um, I can understand there's been a lot of change for businesses. I haven't heard their response to the story that's been out today. There's been a lot of discourse, I think, condemning IBEX um, lobbying in this respect, which I think most... You know, from on the face that I think it's it's justified criticism, and I would certainly welcome if there is a clarification from my back as to what was their intention behind this. But I do want to acknowledge there are a lot of challenges for business, and there is an extra cost yeah. involved to business for this. And I just think that should be the ask. Go to the minister. You know, it's Leo Radker is minister of business at the minute, but whoever the minister of the day is, that should be the ask. We need financial support to be able to implement okay. this fully. That would be more reasonable. But I think trying to block it. Um, you know, I mean, just when you think of what we've been through as a country, you think of Ashley Murphy and others that have lost their lives. I, I'm just surprised that they thought it was an appropriate line of lobbying, well, to be quite honest. Uh, uh, let me introduce Richard Grogan, the employment law solicitor, is with us as well. Richard, if we park that domestic violence issue for a moment, that aspect, which of course is, is the one that's getting most attention and Lisa's right, it'd be interesting to hear Ibex's response to the criticism. But while we wait for that, uh, uh, to their broader point that there is an awful lot of change happening for employers on this front, is that a fair observation, first of all? That is, that is a very fair observation. and You know, the issue relating to domestic violence is very important. The issue is how it's going to be paid for is equally important from the perspective of it's only going to be five days in a 12-month period. Now, so it's not a huge amount of time, but the government has got to support particularly small businesses who will be providing this. 
And equally, the proposals are talking about proof being able to be requested, which itself is going to be a significant issue because before, as you pointed out, you got a medical certificate. Are you now going to be getting one that says that you've been the victim of domestic violence? So a lot of this has not been thought out as to how it's going to apply mm. in practice, even for things like GDPR. Like, who do you report this to? Is it HR? What happens if there isn't HR? How do you deal with it? The difficulty we have with this is that it's one of these very important provisions that we brought in, but where we're not being told how it's going to actually apply mm. in practice. And I don't think anybody has thought it out. And could you give us a sense, Richard, of the, the suite of leave options that employers and HR specialists within organisations now need to be across? Well, they've got force majeure leave. They're going to have the new sick leave. They've got breadth leave. They've got paternity leave. These are, you know, additional ones that are coming up. People be out. Some are paid. Some are not paid. And it's causing difficulties within organizations, particularly where they don't have a dedicated HR practice, which means that they're being put under a lot of pressure to try and stay up to date with a lot of different rights with different leave periods. So, for example, sick leave will initially be three days, but this domestic violence will be five days. So... You know, how they need to get this. There's very little joined up thinking as to how we put all of this together in one piece of legislation rather than all these miscellaneous provision bills. One consolidated bill and act relating to all of these leaves so that there's one place to go for the information. At the present time, we as employment law solicitors have a myriad of legislation that we have to go to to be able to advise clients. Now, that's not fair to anybody, particularly not to employees and not to the small businesses who need to have easy-to-access information which is not there. Richard Grogan, Richard Grogan, Employment Law Solicitor, and Lisa Chambers, Fianna Fáil Senator, thank you both very much for joining us here. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.